Okay, uh, the little sign says I'm live, so I'm out there with all my fellow brothers and sisters, and I'm looking forward to Jesus returning. I'm looking forward to seeing all of you in eternity. I'm looking forward to seeing Jesus at the marriage supper of the Lamb, where he's brought before the ancient days and given a dominion, glory, and a power. And I'm looking forward to seeing him cleanse the earth of all of the sin in a moment of the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. So today we're going to be talking about Day of the Lord. So I spent about uh, 45 minutes gathering a few scriptures. And if, maybe I should say when, when I finally do the Watchman's uh, School of the Watchman, it'll be something like this. Rather than me just covering Revelation, I'm going to be covering a lot of things uh, about... Anyway, it, right now it's postponed till further notice. Why? Because I really think that uh, something's going to be going on um, for us not to do it. Uh, let me click on comments. Let's see if I'm starting to get comments. Make sure I'm online here. I clicked on comments, and I don't see any comments. All right, let's see. That tells you who I am. Still not seeing any comments. There we go. Okay. Good to see you, Stan. Well, it's good to see you, Jeremy, and Bearcat, and Zach Zetta from Australia. All right. That's one of the things we want to do is one of these days, Leslie and I want to go to Australia. We've never been there. It's a long trip. Um, in case you're wondering what's up with my mustache, I've always kept it trimmed very short. And so I thought, yeah, what's it like to have it longer? So I'm letting it grow longer. When am I going to trim it? No, I don't know. Probably. <laughs> Probably soon, but uh, it's it's kind of strange having a long mustache when I've always kept it short. Um, Leslie and I are still grieving over this thing in Maui, and I hope what is being said on Real Raw News is true. I do not know for certain that it is, but I hope that it is. I think it is aligned with everything I know and understand, so we will see. But the videos coming out of Maui sounds, I said sounds, sounds like the elite had a plan to basically burn and kill everybody in Lahaina and take over the property, and hopefully their plan is not going to come true. Um. I grow a beard. I actually had a beard. Uh, I don't have it where I can show you the picture, but uh, I had a full beard. I, I thought it was a pretty nice looking beard uh, back when my hair was black. If you can manage me with black hair, black mustache, and black eyebrows, and no wrinkles and things like that. So I don't know. You got videotape of me on Prophecy Club. Uh, also, my son Sean is monitoring. Uh, it's sad we have to have a monitor. You know, you shouldn't have to have that in Christian circles. I would understand that in the devil's crowd. Uh, 
but of course the devil is you know his saying is do as thou wilt in other words do anything you want to do and so consequently they do anything they want to do and uh, i'd love to talk about that i've got kind of a powerpoint started on that but we're not certain what we're going to do there we're, we've talked about possibly making a program that we put behind a paywall and not on the platforms so that I can be a little bit assured that it's our friends watching. We have never actually settled on what we're going to do there. So we will see. And uh, 623 according to my watch. And so we've still got a few minutes before I actually start. Um, if somebody had a question, now would be a really good time to have that question. Again, put a cue in front of it so I can quickly skim through them. Um, Sean, let me... Uh, I'm going to put my cell phone here so that hopefully I will notice when I get a text saying there's a comment here I need to read. Ah, yes, happy birthday. You know, my dad died at 49, so here I am about to touch 70. So I'm real happy that. Um, my mom died at like 76. So I, I don't I don't think I have, I'm not, I don't think I'm going anytime soon. Still got to go to Israel, uh, uh, find and present oil to Israel. I want to build a land of unwalled villages, a place for the woman to flee. And that would take me a while to explain all that. But, uh, yeah, 24th is my birthday, and uh, I guess Leslie has let the cat out of the bag by sending out emails to everybody, uh, inviting them to send postcards, and uh, I've kind of acted like I didn't know that, but I, I picked it up here and there. I'm not one that tries to open packages and see things early. I mean, I'm, I'll wait till we see. I, I, I'll be happy if I can keep from crying when I see all the people that have driven and flown and come from such faraway places to come to my birthday party, I would be greatly honored and greatly blessed, but we will see. We will see. We'll see what happens. Um, tonight we're going to be covering day of the Lord. Uh, I only threw this together in like about the last 45 minutes and I didn't even get a program made today, but I think I now know what I'm going to make the program on. Um, sometimes, as soon as I know what the topic is, then it doesn't take long to put it together. But I read through typically 50 to 75 emails, and each one of those emails, many of them have a link. And then I have to go over, and sometimes they ask me to watch a two-hour video, and I, I can't give it that much time. You got to send a time code and, and tell me what I'm watching because there's been times where I watched one 30 minutes all the way through and I thought, well, what was I supposed to see? And I don't know. I didn't I didn't catch what you, the point you were trying to make. So I asked people to give a time code. And when they give the time code, <coughs> that makes it much better because going through even 50 emails with a link to every one of them and with a paragraph even there, uh, it, it takes a while. 
Then I got to cover all of the different uh, websites that I go to for information. And then I have to pull that down and pop that into a PowerPoint. All that takes a lot of time. Even for a 20 minute program, I'll spend at least, if it goes fast, at least two hours to make a program. And we got about four minutes before we start. Thank you. Thank you. You know, let me just say, I, I see you guys saying thank you for your ministry. You don't understand. <laughs> when I fall to my knees every night, one of the first things I do is I say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for putting my name in the book of life. If that weren't enough, and that was enough, but if that weren't enough, you also called me to serve you. You've given me the opportunity to serve you through Prophecy Club. And we're talking about, yeah, you, yes, you too, but I'm talking to the Lord to serve the Lord through Prophecy Club, Spirit of Prophecy Church, Prophetic Oil, Joseph Kitchen. So, I mean, I am, I'm overblessed, just like the angel visited Demetri Dude on October 31st, I believe it would see. Now, let me think. Now, that would have been 19. Eighty-nine, October 31, 1989, the angel came to Dimitri and he had a message for Dimitri and his family and for Michael. And he also had a message for me. Part of the message was, he said, you tell Stan that if he will do what God has put on his heart to do, he will bless him more than he ever thought possible. So in that I have all, so many friends and so many ministries and many, many different ways that I can serve, I'm blessed. I'm over blessed. I'm, I'm humbled. Um, I, it's probably going to be very difficult for me not to just be blubbering, crying at my birthday party to see how many people would would come to my birthday party. I'm just I'm floored by that. So uh, I'm, I'm very blessed to see how many people are listening. I was going to see see how if I have time. Yeah. Well, I. Th think, I don't know, Sean, maybe maybe, uh, maybe you could look up and see through the different platforms we're on roughly how many people in the last week have watched the Bible study. I, I figured up one of the times, I know it was like a, around 1,500 to 2,000 people a week watch the Bible study. So I'm just, I'm very blessed to think that that many people would allow me the privilege of bringing the Bible to them through these platforms. <sighs> you guys, you guys make me want to cry. One of these days, we're going to be in heaven. One of these days, we're going to spend eternity together and we are going to be eternally blessed. And I look forward to the time we get to see each other in our glorified body with all of our crowns, our mantles, our rewards, and I will be greatly blessed. Greatly blessed. Greatly blessed. Paducah, Kentucky. Hey, how come that one popped up on the screen? Well, I don't know how that happened. I've never seen that before. I'm just here to, to teach the Bible. Okay, it's 6.30. Let's get started. This, uh, 
this shirt is making me itch. I probably will wind up scratching the whole night. Anyway, <clears throat> first of all, Lord, we say great and marvelous. Truly, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for all of the wonderful things you've done. Great and marvelous are the works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee when thy judgments are made manifest. When they see you roll the heavens back like a scroll, when they see the darkness of eternity enter into time, and they see you on the white horse, and they see you with the breath of your nostrils brandish your sword, and it hits the earth and it burns up all of the sin in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. And we all get our trophies, our glorified body, our crowns, our mantles, our rewards, all in the twinkling of an eye. When we look back from eternity, looking back on time, and we see all you have done, we're going to cast our crowns at your feet, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. And we thank you that you've written our name in the book of life. We thank you that you have opened our eyes and helped us to see the truth of you and your word. Wisdom and might are yours. You change the times and seasons, removeth kings and setteth up kings. You giveth wisdom to the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. You revealeth the deep and secret things. You knoweth what is in the darkness and light dwelleth with, dwelleth with you. And Lord, we ask you to show us the deep and secret things. Help us to know. Help us to understand. Help us to have revelations. Revelation from you to understand this last day. The day of the Lord that we're researching tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so. I've got some scriptures prepared. If I did it right, we will see. And share screen. There's probably a faster way to do it, but I don't know how to do it. Maybe I can figure it out next week. <clears throat> anyway, <clears throat> if you have your Bible, you can try to flip and catch us. This one, we're going to flip uh, pretty quick through this one. We're going to start Revelation 17.10. This is God saying that he planned the new world order, that he put on the hearts of the kings of the earth to come down, form a world government, to gather them all together, to bring them down to the Valley of Jehoshaphat where he's going to kill them. This is God's plan. New world order? It's not the devil's plan. It's God's plan. God's plan to destroy them at the day of the Lord. The ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which received no powers yet, but received power, power as kings one hour, meaning one seven-year period with the beast. These have one mind, and should give their power and strength unto the beast. Now let's get down right here. For God had put in their hearts to fill his will and to agree and to give their kingdom unto the beast until the words of God should be fulfilled. Meaning, it's God's idea to bring them down to destroy them at the Battle of Armageddon. Now, let's jump over to Ezekiel 38. This is the most famous verses talking about the day of the Lord. And it says, And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, 
Set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and prophesy against him. Meshach is, I believe, is two-word changes from Moscow, and Tubal is three-word changes to the modern city of Tobolsk, which is, I understand, been a long time since I've researched this, but like the third most popular city or populist city in Russia. If there's one thing prophecy students all agree on, Ezekiel 38 and 39 is talking about the Russians and all her buddies coming down to attack Israel and being destroyed. That's what we're researching tonight. It's called the Day of the Lord, and it is literally less than 24 hours. Verse 2, Son of man set thy face against Gog, the Magog, the chief prince of Meshach, and Tubal, and prophesy against him. That ain't good when God prophesies against him. And say, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I'm against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and I'll turn thee back and put hooks in thy jaws. Now, you see that word, put hooks in their jaws? Well, I'm not covering it tonight, but when Leslie had that vision, and God showed her where the oil flows underneath the nation of Israel, it's in the shape of a hook. And I believe that when massive amounts of oil are found in Israel, that is going to be the hook in the Russian's jaw and all of her buddies, the hook to bring them down to attack Israel. I think what will happen is when the massive amounts of oil, the massive amounts of high-pressure oil are discovered, the wells of all the surrounding nations, from Russia all around to Iraq, Iran, Saudi Arabia, all of them, will begin to lower the wellhead pressures and go dry. And by Armageddon, they will be dry. And about the only place in the Middle East you can get oil will be Israel. And I believe that is the hook in the jaw that brings the Russians down to attack Israel. Even Dmitri was told us not that they want to. God makes them. How does God make them? Oil. I'll turn thee back, and I'll put hooks in thy jaws, and I will bring thee forth and all thy armies, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed with all sorts of armor, even a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. Persia, that would be today Iran, Ethiopia, Libya with them, all of them shield and helmet, Gomer, that's Turkey, and all of these bands in the house of Togarma, of the north quarters, and all the bands and many people with thee. Be thou prepared and prepare for thyself, thou and all that company that are assembled with thee, and be thou a guard unto them. And I didn't think that was going to let me change there, so I have to go here. Okay. After many days shalt thou be visited in the latter years. So there is no question. This is unfulfilled Bible prophecy. After In the latter years thou shalt come into the land that is brought back from the sword, and is gathered out of many people. Now, right now, not all of the not all of the Jews have returned to to Israel, but that's one of the things I want to do is when we hit oil in Israel, I want to buy an airline, didn't say an airplane, an airline, and I want to fly Christians and Jews from around the world back to Israel. I say back to because many times that'll be the first time they've been there. Anyway, gathering many people against the mountains of Israel, which have been way always waste. But it is brought forth out of the nations, and they shall dwell safely, all of them. So it's in a time that Israel is dwelling safely. Why? Well, part of it is because I think that there was a war before here, this, where Israel gets back all over the land. The land is from the Euphrates all the way over to the Nile River, and that includes most of, and maybe even all of, Saudi Arabia. Let's go on. Thou shalt ascend and come like a storm. 
Thou shalt be like a cloud to cover the land, thou and all thy bands and many people with thee. Thus saith the Lord God, It shall come to pass, that at the same time shall things come into thy mind, thou shalt think an evil thought. In other words, as Russia is getting ready to attack Israel, they also get another thought to go and attack a second place. Now, where's the second place? That's the unwalled villages. Now, I'm about to tell you something that I don't talk about too often. And that shall say, I'll go up to the land of unwalled villages. Where is that? I will go to them that are at rest, that dwell safely, all of them dwelling without bar walls and having neither bars nor gates, to take a spoil, to take a prey, to turn thine hand upon the desolate places that are now inhabited, and upon the people that are gathered out of the nations which have gotten cattle and goods that dwell in the midst of the land. Who's that? Not, not, some, not Israel, it's not the Jews. If you go to Israel and you order a steak, it's about as thick as, as bacon. I mean, they, they, they eat a lot of lamb. They don't eat much beef. So who is this? One of the things I want to do is when we hit oil in Israel, by the way, when I say that, I have to give a disclaimer. We cannot guarantee where we're going to get money, drill for or hit oil in Israel. When we hit oil in Israel, what I want to do is go to Israel and say, uh, I want to make a deal with you. I will give you a larger percentage of what you're entitled to for this oil in exchange. I want a couple of things, and I've got to... I probably need to start listing them, and I'm not going to cover all of them I've got in my heart. But I'm going to say one of them is I want a place to bring Christians and Jews back from around the world. I want to fly them back. Now, here's the deal. I will pay for them to be flown back. You vet the Jews. You decide who comes in. That's your problem. Once they their foot hits the ground, they're your problem. You feed them, you clothe them, you house them. I'll vet the Christians, meaning this is what I'm going to ask them. They might say no, but I'm going to ask them. You let me and my, our team, which you might be on, uh, in other words, you might be one of those people that will volunteer or maybe in a paid position, sit in a room or online and talk to people and decide whether they're really a Christian, whether they really get to go. Anyway, if they, they're the Christians, what we'll do is fly the Christians back. And then we'll put them into the land of unwalled villages. And we're going to ask them to not just bring their cattle, but I'm going to ask. I don't, don't know that Israel will agree to all this, but it's okay to ask, okay? One of the things I want to do is ask. <laughs> I've got several things. I, I, I'm, I'm, I can't reveal all of it. But one of the things I want to say is I want you to let them to bring their shooting irons, Okay. Also, there uh, right now, what I'd like to say is you can bring on the plane with you up to 10 50-pound bags or 500 pounds, however you want to do it, boxes or whatever. And then we're going to put them into a land of unwalled villages. And when I talked to Maurice Sklar one day, he did not even know that I was interested in doing this. And we're eating along, and all of a sudden he said, Now, Lord? And he says, the Lord is speaking to me. I, I have a word for you. I said, hang on, hang on. <laughs> Let me get my cell phone. And so I started recording it. I've got it recorded. It's on this cell phone. I can play it. Well, it took me a while to dig it up. So anyway, 
And he says, I see that Israel is going to give you a plot of land. And he began describing where it was, which is exactly where the Lord already laid in my heart, have it. And he said, you're going to be bringing people from around the globe back to this area in Israel. Confirmation. Okay, so now let's go on. Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish. We believe Sheba and Dedan is been a long time since I thought this. I want to say Cutter. And there's another, I, I, I don't have my map pulled up to show you this, but Qatar is over in the eastern area of Saudi Arabia. And then Tarshish, we believe, is England. Sheba and Dedan, the merchants of Tarshish, and all the young lions. Well, England is the Papa Lion, and all the young lions are those colony nations that are under England. Sheba and Dedan, the merchants of Tarshish, and all the young lions there shall say unto thee, Art thou come to take a spoil? Hast thou gathered thy company to take a prey, to carry away silver and gold, to take away cattle and goods, to take a great spoil? Why? Because a lot of Christians and Jews by then have moved to Israel. And I'm not going to tell you exactly where, but um, I can show you scripture where it says, and they will escape out of the hand of the Antichrist, but I, I won't get into that right now. Therefore, son of man, prophesy and say unto God, this is the leader of Russia, thus saith the Lord God, in that day when my people of Israel dwelleth safely. Okay, they don't dwell safely right now. So this apparently is after a big war. I don't think it's Armageddon. I think it's probably World War III, which is involving the fall of America. Israel dwelleth safely, shalt thou not know it. And thou shalt come out of that place out of the north parts, thou many people with thee. And if you go from Jerusalem straight north, the line runs right through Moscow. Thus saith the Lord God, in that day when the people of Israel dwell safely, thou shalt come out of that place out of the north parts, many people with thee, all of them riding upon horses, a great company, and a mighty army. Now, are they literally going to be riding on horses? Don't discount it. Because if Israel starts getting all the oil, the Russians and all of the nations around them might run out of oil and all of their modern equipment that runs on oil doesn't have the wherewithal to get there and they might literally come down on horses. But of course, it could mean that they're simply coming down in whatever vehicle they have too. Horses, a great company, a mighty army. Thou shalt come against my people of Israel as a cloud to cover the land. You know, when you see a lot of people, whether it's horses, cattle, uh, whether it's vehicles, as they're traveling through that land, a lot of the sand is not like sand that we know of in America. It's not even like West Texas sand. It's like powder. I remember hearing people saying that when they got to, for example, Iraq, they were shocked that their helicopters couldn't land just anywhere close to the sand because it was just so fine. It was like powder and it went up. They, they, they were blinded. It got into all of their parts. It, it went through their filters. It just it ruined them. So they had to lay down these big pads in order to even land there in some kind of a, in a helicopter that is. So when it says a cloud, as these are coming over a large amount of people, it would just leave like a cloud. Okay. 
like a cloud to cover the land. It shall be in the latter days. I will bring thee against my land that the heathen may know me. What? This is the hand of God. Bring in the Russians, which at that time are the leaders of the world. Remember what Dmitri was told. Following America will start with an internal revolution in America started by the communists. Some of the people will start fighting against the government. The government will be busy with their internal problems. Then from the oceans, Russia, Cuba, Nicaragua, Central America, Mexico, and two of the countries will attack and defeat America in one day, in one hour, so great riches will come to naught. Then God will raise up China, Japan, and many of the nations. They will go against the Russians. They'll defeat the Russians. But here it is, here it is. They make the Russians their leader. With the Russians as their leader, all the world goes down to attack little Israel. Israel can't count the help of the Jews in America, so she cries for Messiah. Jesus returns in the clouds and defeats the armies of the earth. Now, so all of them go down to attack little Israel with the Russians as their leader. So this means that America at this point has fallen, and that's probably associated with the same time that they go up to attack the land of unwalled villages, but I can show you scripture that they will escape out of his hand. Okay. Uh, that should come to go to 16. As it's cloud to cover the land, it should be in the latter days. And I'll bring me against my land that the heathen may know me. Why? Well, when God destroyed Pharaoh and his army and did all of the 10 plagues against Egypt, that's when all of the world came to know that there is a God in heaven. And once he does this, to the leaders of the world, to their great armies. He destroys them in one hour, in a moment of the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. All of the heathen will know me. From one new moon to another, one Sabbath to another, all, all flesh shall come to worship before me. When they see what he does, when they see that morning star hit the earth, go to the center of the earth, sets the foundations of the mountains on fire, heals them like wax with the presence of the Lord. When they see that, all the heathen will know him. Thus saith the Lord God, Art thou he of whom I have spoken in old time by my servants the prophets of Israel, which prophesied in those days many years, that I would bring thee against them, and it shall come to pass at the same time. When Gog shall come against the land of Israel, saith the Lord God, that my fury shall come up in my face. What fury is he talking about? See, a lot of people don't understand. They think the wrath of God is seven years. Nope. Wrath of God lasts three and a half years. Nope. Lasts 100 days. Nope. The wrath of God is the bright morning star. It is the breath of his nostrils when he brandishes his sword. Before we get done tonight, I will show you many scriptures that confirm that. For in my jealousy and the fire of my wrath, his wrath is fire. I'll read it again. In the fire of my wrath have I spoken. Surely in that day there should be a great shaking in the land of Israel. Why? <laughs> That's because every mountain falls, every valley fills in. That's when the crooked places are made straight, the rough places are made smooth. Every mountain falls, every valley fills in. That's what he's talking about. That's associated with the day of the Lord, as you will see. Great shaking in the land of Israel so that the fishes of the sea and the fowls of the heaven and the beasts of the field and all the creeping things that creep upon the earth and all the men that are upon the face of the earth shall shake at my presence. How can they shake at his presence? Because he just returned. And the mountains shall be thrown down. The steep places shall fall and every wall shall fall to the ground. 
And I will see what he's doing is he's destroying the world of the devil. He destroys this world and he makes a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. For I will call for a sword against him throughout all my mountains, saith the Lord God. Every man's sword shall be against his brothers. So all of the Russians and all of their buddies that come down, one of the things he does to destroy them is cause them to start fighting each other. That's the same thing happened with Gideon. Okay, Gideon with 300 people and God made all the Midianites start fighting each other. And I will plead against him with pestilence, with blood. And a rain upon, upon him and upon his bands and upon the many people that are with him, an overflowing rain and great hailstones and fire and brimstone. Okay. All right, let me see. Let me write down because I want to come back to this, but I want to jump over and show you something here. All right, let's see. We're in Ezekiel 38, 19. Now, okay, let me think. What was it? Let me think, let me think, let me think here. How do we do this? Flood. I'm going to search for the word flood. I want to find the version. Oops, hang on, hang on. It likes me to do this. I want to find this one. Now, this is one of the more misunderstood scriptures in, in all of prophecy. And after three score and two weeks shall the Messiah be cut off, not for himself, and for the people of the prince that shall come and shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood. See, that flood there is the same flood. It's talking about, it's not a flood of water. It's a flood of fire. Meaning, in the middle of the tribulation, middle of these 70 weeks, which is 490 years, Messiah is going to be cut off, and he was. Then it says, and the people of the prince, we believe that to be the Antichrist, shall come to destroy the city, that would be Jerusalem, and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood. And unto the end of the war, desolations are determined. Okay, now let me jump back here. And take me a minute to do it, but it's worth the, the pause here. Ezekiel uh, 38, 19. All right, now we're back. Now. What he's saying with a flood right right here. That's the flood. So consequently, a lot of people misunderstand that verse. But if you think back in 70 AD, a lot of people say, oh, yeah, well, it already happened, happened in 70 AD. No, it didn't. There was no flood. Israel is a desert. Jerusalem is a desert. And history did not record any kind of a flood anytime near the time when the Romans sacked Jerusalem back in 70 AD. This flood is talking about this, an overflowing rain, great hailstorms, fire, and brimstone. So there's an overflowing flood of fire. That's the great morning star, the bright morning star. Thus will I magnify myself and sanctify myself. See there again, he does all of this to show everybody who he is and his power and his holiness. That's what we magnify myself and, satisfy and sanctify myself. And I will be known in the eyes of many nations, and they shall know that I am the Lord. Therefore, thou son of man, prophesy against Gog and say, Thus saith the Lord God. Behold, I'm against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, the chief prince of Russia. That's basically what he's saying. 
I will turn thee back, and I will leave but a sixth part of thee. And I will cause thee to come up from the north parts, and bring thee down upon the mountains of Israel. And I will spot thy bow out of the left hand, and I will cause thine arrows to fall out of the right hand. Now, are they really fighting with bows and arrows? Well, they might be, but it's probably referring to modern weapons. Meaning, when they come down to attack Israel, there's another scripture that says, even though the whole world comes down to attack Israel, they will not be successful. Israel will never, ever lose another war. They will never be kicked out of the land again. Thou shalt fall upon the mountains of Israel, thou and all thy bands, and the people that is with thee. And I will give thee the ravenous birds of, the, of every sort. I'm going to show you that in Revelation in a second. And to the beasts of the field to be devoured. Thou shalt fall upon the open field, for I have spoken it, the Lord God. I shall send a fire on Magog, that would be the morning star, and among them that dwells carelessly in the isles, and they shall know that I am the Lord. So will I make my holy name known. That's the third time he said that. My holy name known in the midst of the people of Israel. And I will not let them pollute my holy name anymore. And the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. Behold, it has come, and it is done. See those words, it is done? That's straight out of Revelation. The seventh vial says, it is done. And I heard a great voice out of the temple from the throne saying, it is done. Another place it says, and the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Let's go on though. And it is done. I will not let them pollute my holy name anymore. Holy One of Israel, it is it is done. Saith the Lord God, this is the day whereof I have spoken. And they that dwell in the cities of Israel shall go forth and shall set on fire and burn the weapons, both the shields and the bucklers, the bows and the arrows, hand staves and the spurs, and they shall the spears, and they shall burn them with fire seven years. Now, if you don't understand who the um, how do I say this? Uh, the nations are, then you might get this out of context. I talked to one, I won't mention his name because he's, he's a great guy, but he's a great prophecy teacher, but, and I love him. He's been one of our speakers, but he misunderstood this. See, when you read that, it says, and they shall burn them with fire seven years. So a lot of people think, oh, well, this happened seven years before Jesus returns. No, it happens for seven years after Jesus returns. Well, wait a minute. Are you thinking that us, the people of God, wearing wedding garments and crowns, you think that we go out and cut down this and we burn these, these weapons for seven years? No, we don't do it. It's the nations. Who are the nations? It would take me a minute to research. I mean, to, to find that and show you. All right, here, I'll, I'll show you. I'll show you. All right, here. Uh, Ezekiel 39.9 now, 39.9. Okay, I'm looking at my chart to pull it up. Revelation, that's not it. Okay, nations here. I'll just search for nations. Ah, wrong button. Now, we, ah, I know there's 33 and a lot of them here. I'm going to show you. Show verse list. Now, we're looking for the ones in Revelation. So let's skip way down to Revelation. <sighs> nations, nations. See, I memorized Revelation now almost six years ago. The nations, the nations, the nations. 
There's several of them here. That's not what I want. Ah, okay. And the nations of them that are saved shall walk in the light of it. And the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. The nations are the people that did not take the mark of the beast, but they didn't receive Jesus either. So because they didn't take the mark of the beast, they're not tossed into the lake burning with brimstone. But they didn't receive Jesus. So their name is not in the book of life. Those are those that are qualified. And those that are saved, and that's not talking about us, talk about saved from the wrath to come. Those are saved shall walk in the light of it. So this saved is not talking about people that have their name in the book of life. It's talking about people that were saved from the wrath, but they don't get eternal life. At the end of the thousand years, then Satan is loosed out of his prison and goes out to deceive the nations, which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, they gathered them to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went upon the breath of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about in the beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven to devour them. Boom, that's the nations. So they are people that are still on the earth that did not receive Jesus, but they did not accept, uh, but, but they didn't take the mark either. All right, let me skip on down. Let me show you a better one. Ah, here we go. This is the tree of life. And in the midst of the street of it, and on the side of the river was the tree of life, which bare 12 manner of fruits, yielded her fruit each month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. That's not talking about us. We don't need any healing. We never hung again, never thirst again, never die again. Uh, he's wiped away all tears from our eyes. We are in a glorified body. That's the nations he's talking about. All right, now let's go back. Okay, that was Ezekiel 39, 9. Okay, here we are. Back again. <clears throat> Hope it's not getting too deep for you here. This is the kind of stuff we will cover in our School of the Watchmen. Okay, so start here. Uh, and the hand stays with the spears, and they shall burn them with fire seven years, so that they take no wood out of the field, neither cut down any out of the force, for they shall burn the weapons of the fire. With fire, and they shall spoil them that spoil them, and rob those that rob them, saith the Lord God. And it shall come to pass in that day that I will give unto Gog a place there of graves in Israel, the valley of the passengers on the east of the sea, and it shall stop the noses of the passengers. Why? Because there's so many people killed. Remember, the blood rises the horse battles by the space of 1,600 furlongs, about 216 miles. That's a lot of dead people. And so there's a stink in that area for a long time. Stops the noses of the passengers, and there they shall bury Gog and all of his multitude, and they shall call it the valley of Haman Gog. And seven months shall the house of Israel be burying of them, that they may cleanse the land. Yea, all the people of the land shall bury them, and shall be unto them a renown the day that I shall be glorified, saith the Lord God. They shall sever out men of continual employment by passing through the land to bury the passengers, those that remain on the face of the earth, to cleanse it. After the end of seven months shall they search. And the passengers that pass through the land, when he seeth a bone, he shall set up a sign by it till the barriers have buried it in the valley of Haman Gog. And also the name of the city is Hamana. Thus shall they cleanse the land. And thou, son of man, thus saith the Lord God, Speaking to every feathered fowl. Remember this, because I'm going to show you this in Revelation just a second. Speaking to every feathered fowl and all the beasts of the field, assemble yourselves together 
and come. Gather yourselves together on to my sacrifice, that I do sacrifice for you, even a great sacrifice on the mountains of Israel, that you may eat flesh and drink blood, that you may eat the flesh of mighty. I'm going to show you the same words in Revelation just a second. Remember. And drink the blood of the princes of the earth and of rams and lambs and goats and bullocks, all of them fatlings of Bashan. And you shall eat fat till you be full and drink blood till you be drunken of my sacrifice, which I have sacrificed for you. Thus, you should be filled at my table with horses and chariots, with mighty men, with all men of war, saith the Lord God. And I will set my glory among the heathen and all the heathen shall see my judgment. Who's the heathen? That's not us. That's the nation. Okay? The heathen shall see my judgment that I have executed in my hand, that I have laid upon them. So the house of Israel shall know that I am the Lord, their God, from that day forward. And the heathen shall know that the house of Israel went into captivity for their iniquity, because they trespassed against me. Therefore hid my face from them and gave them into the hands of their enemies, so fell they all by the sword. According to their uncleanness and according to their transgressions have I done unto them and hid my face from them. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, now will I bring again the captivity of Jacob. See that word captivity? That's wealth. That's not prison. That's wealth. I will bring the wealth of Jacob and have mercy upon the whole house of Israel and I will be zealous for my holy name. After they have borne their shame and all their trespasses whereby they have trespassed against me when they dwell safely in their land, none made them afraid. When I have brought them again from people and gathered them out of their enemies' lands and I'm sanctified in them in the sight of many nations, here comes something real big. Then shall you know that I am the Lord their God. What? What? When I have brought them again from the people and gathered them out of their enemies' lands. To where? The land of unwalled villages, do you see? I'm sanctified in them in the sight of many nations. Then shall they know that I am the Lord their God, which caused them to be led into captivity. They'll understand. Okay, They'll get it. Among the heathen, but I have gathered them unto their own land. Now look carefully and have left none of them anymore there. That means by the time Armageddon is completed, or shortly after, every Jew on the planet will go to Jerusalem, to Israel. Neither will I hide my face anymore from them, for I have poured out my spirit upon the house of Israel, saith the Lord God. All right, now... I'm going to jump to Joel 1.5. We'll get to Revelation in a minute. I'm moving fast because I've got lots to cover. Awake you, this is talking to Israel. Awake you, drunkards, and weep and howl. All you drinkers of wine because of the new wine, for it is cut off from your mouth. New wine is the wine that makes you drunk. For a nation is come upon my land, strong, Russia, without number, whose teeth are as the teeth of a lion, and he hath the cheek teeth, cheek teeth, of a great lion. So yeah, England's involved with it. And he hath laid my vine waste and barked my fig tree. He hath made it clean bare. Hang on just a second.
Okay. Um, he says, I have a few questions. They're not exactly on the topic, but I will look and see if I see the questions. Now, I need him to put a Q in front of it. Yes, our church is in Plano. If you can visit Spirit of Prophecy Church in Plano, Texas, right across from Waterburger, that'd be wonderful. On the corner of Park and K, Sunday mornings, 9.30. All right, let, let me go on. I'll continue with this. Um, they need to put a, a queue in front of it so I can quickly find their question. Anyway, a nation's come up, verse 6, a nation's come upon my land, strong and without number, whose teeth are as the teeth of a lion, yet the cheek teeth of a great lion. He hath laid my vine waste and barked my fig tree. In other words, they have destroyed Israel. They've not let Israel cherish or flourish as they should have. He hath made it clean bare and cast it away, and the branches thereof are made white. Let me in like a virgin girdle with sackcloth for the husband of a youth. And I skip to 10. The field is wasted. The land mourneth. The corn is wasted. The new wine is dried up. The oil languisheth. And this is not going where I wanted it to go. Ah, okay, let me jump down to 15. Alas, for the day of the Lord is at hand, and as a destruction from the Almighty shall it come. Verse 17, the seed is rotten in their clods. In other words, when this comes, mankind is pretty close to extinct. There's not many people left. I think it's Isaiah says few men are left. Uh, let me skip. Okay, let, I'm going to go on to verse, chapter 2, verse 1. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the, of the land tremble. For the day of the Lord cometh, for it is nigh at hand. Now the day of the Lord is literally less than 24 hours. It is the last day, the day when the seventh trumpet sounds, the day when the seventh seal is opened, and the day when the seventh vial is poured out into the air. All of those all stop and happen on the last day. A day of darkness, a day of gloominess, clouds and thick darkness. See, now, a lot of people think, well, the day that Jesus returns, that's going to be a nice, bright, sunny day, right? You know, with white cumulus clouds? No, it's not. Because darkness is eternity. When eternity enters into time, heaven rolls back like a scroll. So when it says a day of darkness, that's eternity entering the time. You go back and you look in Genesis, and it describes eternity as darkness. And then time started when let there be light. Light started time. Before time, there was eternity. So eternity enters in. And that's what it's saying. So a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness, that's Jesus returning in darkness, but he is bright, okay? As the morning spread upon the mountains, a great people and strong, there's not been the like. In other words, this is the Russians and all of his Luciferian army, all of the fallen ones, all of the Nephilim, all of the high technology there. The, Lucifer is bringing everything he can to destroy Jesus. And of course, uh, he loses. Desperately, he loses. A great people and strong. 
This is Lucifer, okay? There's not been the like, neither shall there be any more after it, even to the years of many generations. A fire devours before them. Sean noticed this. Sean's doing, my son's doing a little research on the Maui fire because we are seeing some cars that are so totally melted. It's a wood fire only burns at about 450 degrees, but aluminum melts at like 1200 degrees. You can't melt aluminum with a wood fire. And so we're seeing some cars that have the aluminum alloy wheels melted. And that tells me that it's high technology. It's not a, a wood fire, okay? This is talking about that technology. A fire devours before them. Behind them a flame burns, and the land is as the Garden of Eden before them, and behind them a desolate wilderness, I like to see in Maui today. Yea, and nothing shall escape them, meaning they have that technology today. And the appearance of them is the appearance of horses. Okay, I know what a horse is, but what's the next part? As horses and as horsemen, so shall they run. Now, is that saying that's just a man on the horse? Or is that saying that's a half man, half horse? My belief is that it's saying it's a half man, half horse. Now, wait a minute, Stan. We don't have those on the earth right now. No. But what is the seven thunders? And I heard a voice from heaven and saying to me, seal up those things with the seven thunders uttered and write them not. Well, we have two people now that God has told what the seven thunders said. And the seven thunders said, release the giants. I'll say it again. The seven thunders said, release the giants. And in one of Vicky Goforth Parnell's dreams, she was shown that the giants have been released. Well, we don't see them on earth yet. No, it doesn't necessarily mean they're not released. They were like locked up spiritually and couldn't get out. But now they're working to move into position for the day of the Battle of Armageddon. That's the great day between a battle between Jesus and Lucifer, if you really want to put it that way. Okay, so when it says, the appearance of horses and its horsemen, so shall they run, I think it's the hybrids. I think it's Nephilim. I think it's the, the fallen ones that, or the, what, those that fell with, remember, the, the, and, his, and his tail drew a third part of the stars and did cast them to the earth. So that's a third of the angels that fell, or the fallen ones. And then they mated with the daughters of man, Revelation, or excuse me, Genesis 6. The sons of God came down and mated with the daughters of women, saw that they were fair and took all the daughters, all of them that they chose. And then their offspring were giants. So that's what we're talking about. We're talking about hybrids. And this, the first, first case of the hybrid was the hybrid between the fallen one and the woman of earth. But if you go back into Genesis 6 and you really read it, you go back into the Hebrew, you discover that they were doing a lot of that. That's the real reason God brought the flood. It's not just that they were sinning, but all the earth and their DNA strand had been complicated. And that's the reason he chose Noah, because he was perfect in his generations. In other words, he was perfect in his genetic code. His DNA was one of the few that hadn't been messed up. So what we're talking about here is DNA sequencing. What are they talking about right now? They're talking about melding man with computers. They're saying, you know, I saw just the other day, somebody sent me a link and said the perfect 
way the W the World Economic Forum wants babies to be born. It was just born in this glass egg looking clear thing. Anyway, let's go on. Like the noise of chariots on the tops of mountains shall they leap, like the noise of a flame of fire that devoured the stubble, as a strong people set in battle array. Before their face the people shall be much pain. All faces shall gather blackness. I think that's because the seven the sun gets the sun gets seven times hotter, Isaiah 30, verse 26. And when it gets seven times hotter, it releases rays that we've never had on earth, and it turns all skin on earth black. They shall run like mighty men. Why? Because they're hybrids. These are supermen. These are super soldiers. They shall run like mighty men. They shall climb the wall like men of war. They shall march everyone his ways, and they shall not break their ranks. In other words, these guys do as they're told. Why? They are controlled. Vicky Goforth Parnell saw that they're controlled by a large machine with one of the Nephilim, or excuse me, with one of the fallen ones. Okay, so we got, in pecking order, we got Lucifer, we got the fallen ones, we got the Nephilim, and then we've got the hybrids, and then we've got the sinners on earth, okay? Neither one shall thrust another. They shall walk everyone in his path. And when they fall on a sword, they shall not be wounded. How do you do that? Either they have a coating on the outside of them, the sword won't go through. I don't believe that. I think the sword enters to them. They pull the sword out. Had another guy that had a dream. Actually, I think I've got two people that had a similar dream. <coughs> said he saw one of the Nephilim. Was like a giant, was like seven or eight foot tall and built like a gorilla. And he said that he could smell like a wolf, okay, see in the dark, run like a deer. And that's what he's talking about. They could run on the wall, fall on a sword and not be wounded. He said the only way he could kill him was a headshot from a high-powered rifle. If you shot him with a pistol anyplace else, uh, it, it didn't even phase him because they had instant healing. It just healed right up. They shall run to and fro in the city. They shall run upon the wall. They shall climb upon the houses. They shall enter into the windows like a thief. The earth shall quake before them. That confirms this is the day of the Lord. The heaven shall tremble the sun, moon, and the, the sun, moon shall be dark, and the stars shall withdraw their shining. How do you get the stars to withdraw their shining? Well, that's because there's something slams into the sun. <coughs> My voice starts getting weak. And um, a third part of it shown not for the, the for the third part of it. So there's something hits the sun in the, where is it? Fourth vial, sun gets seven times hotter. Fifth vial, seed is full of darkness, sun goes out. And so anyway, there's, there's debris knocked off of the sun and a third part of the sun shown not and the night likewise. Okay, let's go on. The sun and the moon shall be dark, and the, and the stars shall withdraw their shining. And the Lord shall utter his voice. What's that talking about? Well, all right, let me write this down. We've got to come back to this. Day of the Lord. Okay, we're in Joel 2, 11. Joel 2, 11. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians 4, 16. Ah, I keep forgetting. I got to. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16. Here we go. Lord himself should descend from heaven with a shout. What's the shout? That's the shout. 
shout the voice of the archangel with the trumpet of God and the dead shall cry of Christ shall rise first. Now let's go back to Joel 2.11. Okay. So the Lord shall utter his voice. There you go. Same thing. Day of the Lord. His voice before the army. For his camp is very great. For he is strong to executeth his word. For the day of the Lord is great and very terrible. And who can abide it? Therefore, also now. Saith the Lord, turn ye even unto me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful and slow to anger. What's going on? This is the last few days, the last few moments before Jesus returns. This is the last chance to get saved. For is gracious and merciful and slow to anger and of great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil, who knoweth if he will return and repent and leave a blessing behind him, even a meat offering and a drink offering unto the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion. This is telling the Jews, the people of Israel, really the people of the world, but for sure the people of Israel, what to do if they want to survive this. Blow the trumpet in Zion. That means literally. Sanctify fast. Call a solemn assembly. Gather the people. Sanctify the congregation. Assemble the elders. Gather the children and those that suck the breasts. Let the bridegroom go forth out of his chamber and the bride out of her closet. Let the priests and the ministers of the Lord weep between the porch and the altar and let them say, <coughs> Spare thy people, O Lord. Okay, now verse, verse 18. Then will the Lord be zealous for his land and pity his people. Yea, the Lord will answer and say unto his people, Behold, I will send you corn. I'm assuming, okay, verse, go, verse 20. I'll remove far off from you the northern army and will drive him into a land barren and desolate. Maybe he said he'd leave but a sixth part of it. With his face toward the east sea and his high depart toward the utmost sea, and his stink shall come up and his ill savor shall come up because he hath done great things. Let me skip on. Be glad then, children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain moderately, and he shall cause for you to come down the former rain and the latter rain in the first month, meaning a double portion. We believe it'll be a seven-fold portion. And the floor shall be full of wheat, and the fats shall overflow with new wine and oil. Uh, that's talking about, oh, let's go to the next verse then. Let's go to the next area here. Oops. Learn, got to push this here, right? Yeah, okay, here we go. All right, now let's jump to Psalms. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried to my God. He heard my voice out of his temple and my cry came. No, I, I, I want to go ahead and jump over to Revelation here. Hang on, hang on. There's Revelation right there. Okay. That's not what I want, though. Whoops. Okay, Revelation 19, 11. There, that's where I want. Okay. So now I'm going to show you the same thing in Revelation. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. Now this is Jesus returning for the battle of Armageddon. And he that sat upon him is called faithful and true, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. That's what he's doing. He's returning in righteousness to make war. Okay, um, all right, he, he, I, I've got a question. He, he said, I've got a question I should look at. So here, hang on here. Woo.
Ah, okay. <coughs> well, I'm looking to see. I'm looking for the question. I see a, a Joan Robinson, but I don't see a question. Joanne Robinson. I saw it. Maybe there's another post. Question. Okay. Did the last days start after Jesus was crucified? That's a good question. That is off topic, though, but I will answer you. If you for you to really understand, as a matter of fact, I, I just have to say this to everybody. I have tried till I'm blue in the face to try to get people to understand the secret door to understand Bible prophecy. But just like the Lord told me in one of the visions, for people to understand some things, it can't be understood audio and visual. Some things have to be written down, and this is one of them. And Joanne, I'm going to say, to really get this, you're going to have to get my book, Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. You can get it at prophecyclub.com. Okay, but I will go ahead and explain. I don't expect you to understand. Okay, so prophetic time stopped. If I can hear, let, let me move this so you can see me here. Hang on. Okay, prophetic time stopped when Jesus arose from the dead. Let me look at my chart and make sure I'm, I'm remembering this right. Yes. When he, when he arose from the dead, prophetic time stopped because that was first fruits, okay? Prophetic time starts again on first fruits, the last first fruits for the last se about seven months. Now, for you to understand that, you're going to have to get the book because I've tried explaining that. I've tried to explain it to several groups and they just, they glaze over. They just, they, they, glaze, they, they don't get it. And my wife comes to me, she says, it's just too complicated. They got to get the book. And I, you just have to get the book. If you really want to understand Bible prophecy, I can't teach it to you by video or audio. I've come to that conclusion after many failed talks, failed to really get them to understand. And that's when I understand, finally. I mean, the vision told me that I have to write a book because people will not understand it but just audio and video. So, Joanne, I'm sorry. Uh, that's I told you, but I, you don't understand, not until you get the book. So, in answer to your question, did the last day start after Jesus was crucified? No, it started when he arose from first fruits um, three days later. But you're close, yes. And then, and, but prophetic time stopped when he came out of the grave, and it starts again on the last first fruits. Okay, let's go back to what we're doing here. Okay. Back to there. Okay, <clears throat> I'll start again. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he had set upon him is called faithful and true. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and his head were many crowns, and he had a name written which no man knew but he himself. He was clothed in a vesture dipped in, by the way, his own blood. It doesn't say that, but it would take me a while to show you that, but that's what it is. Vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. The armies which are in heaven, that's us, that's me and you, okay? Armies among the other armies too, but we're among them. 
The armies in heaven followed him in white horses, clothed them finally in white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that's the morning star, because Jesus is the bright morning star, a sharp sword that with it he should smite the nations. Now, let me talk just a second. You remember the two witnesses. It says, and these are my two witnesses. Uh, I should give power to my two witnesses. They shall prophesy a thousand two hundred three score days, clothed in sackcloth. These are the two candlesticks, and the two olive trees and two candlesticks stand before the God of the earth. If any man hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies. If any man hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. That's the morning star. It's also talked about in another place. And he that overcometh and keepeth my works to the end, the same will I give power over the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessel of a potter, that should be broken to pieces, even as a receiver of my father. And he shall be broken to shivers, even as a receiver of my father. And I will give him the morning star. So those that keep his works all the way to the end and see the, the, the Antichrist, I believe, those are the overcomers, and they can get the morning star. The two witnesses had the morning star, and Jesus is the bright morning star. Does that make sense? All right, so that's what he's talking about. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that would be the morning star. He should smite the nations, and, and he should rule them with a rod of iron. And what does that mean? It means that on the last feast of trumpets, they are told, the, the nations, the ones that didn't receive the mark of the beast, but they didn't receive Jesus either. They are the corners not harvested. They're told that you're allowed to live up to a thousand years, but if you sin, one of the morning star judges will show up at the speed of thought, hit you with the morning star, you will fall to the ground, a pile of ashes and bones, destroying both body and soul. Instant judgment. You're already judged because the last judgment is atonement, and that's for the judge judgment for those people. All right, here, let me jump to that. Let me show you that chart. I've got it fairly handy. So let me pull it up here. Okay, we want this chart. So let me change to this window. Okay, so... The lady I was talking to earlier, jo Joanne, okay, so the next time Jesus, next time, you see right here, prophetic time starts here. It stopped and started on first fruits. Then prophetic time starts again here. And then he resurrects 144,000 one-year-old Jewish boys. They walk around on Mount Sinai and probably all over Jerusalem, maybe all over Israel. Anyway, they do it for 50 days. Then the barley harvest and the wheat harvest, then go to the marriage supper of the Lamb, where we watch Jesus be crowned King of kings and Lord of lords, and we get a wedding garment. Then about four months later, we ride on white horses. That's what the scripture is talking about now. We ride on our white horse back with Jesus here. This is the day of judgment, judgment by fire. This is judgment by books or works. This is the judgment seat of Christ or the Bema seat. Jesus is the judge. This is the great white throne. Jesus is also the judge. This is the last judgment, but all of those alive in that could have received Christ are all are judged here. This is the nations down here. They, they have no Christ, but they have no mark. 
There are the corners not harvested, allowed to live a thousand years, body and soul destroyed at death upon the first sin. They ruled with a rod of iron. Morning star destroys both body and soul at the end of the thousand years. Now, let me jump back. Okay, I think I clicked that right. I hope I clicked that right. Okay, now I click here and here and here and there. Now we're back. Okay. <clears throat> All right, let me back up. Verse 14. And the armies which are in heaven followed him in white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword that with it he should smite the nations. He should rule them with the rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress and the fierceness and the wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture, that's here, and on his thigh, down here, a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Why does he have that? Because he just came from the, the marriage supper of the Lamb. Where is crowned King of kings and Lord of lords? I can show you in Revelation chapter 1, where he is the prince of the kings of the earth. Right now, G right now, at this very instant, Jesus is not King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He is the Prince of the Kings of the Earth, so says the Bible. He is also the Lamb of God. But at the marriage supper of the Lamb, he changes from becoming the Lamb of God to become the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He changes from becoming the Prince of the Kings of the Earth to become the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That's why it says here. So he's coming from the marriage supper. And if there is a time we are lifted out of the earth, that's when it is, which is about four months before Jesus returned for Armageddon. That's the reason it's not a rapture, because by that time, most Christians are already dead anyway, which is why uh, Revelation 14, 13 says, And blessed are the dead which die in the Lord henceforth, yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. So, he's crowned King of kings and Lord of lords now. He's now returning to bring judgment on the earth. This is the Feast of Trumpets. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls who fly in the midst of heaven. Remember, I told you I was going to show you this in Revelation. Here it is. Come, gather yourselves together into the supper of the great God, that you may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains, uh, and the flesh of mighty men, and the flesh of all of horses, and all them that sat on them, the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and his army. And the beast was taken. And with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before them, with which he had deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and of them that worshipped his image. You got that? So here are the Russians and all their buddies all lined up. This is Lucifer. This is the Antichrist, this is all of the Nephilim, all of the fallen ones, everything, everything, everything. I mean, this is everything the devil, all the high technology, everything the devil has prepared 6,000 years to try and defeat Jesus. This is them at, at Jerusalem. They've come down. All the world has come down to kill all of the Jews and the Christians there, kill everything in, in Israel and to defeat Israel, to defeat Jesus. That's that's the point. So right when the battle is about to get started, all of a sudden the beast and the false prophet are taken by two angels. I love it. 
and they're cast into the lake burning with fire and brimstone, which is not the second death. They do not get soul death. I could show you another scripture to take me off course here to show you. But after a thousand years, the, the uh, Lucifer is then tossed into the lake burning with fire and brimstone with the beast and the false prophet, where they should be tormented day and night forever and ever. I believe that Lucifer, the beast, the false prophet, and those people that took the mark of the beast, those four groups of people are tossed into the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, and they are tormented day and night, forever and ever, and they get no soul death. There is no possibility for escape. So whatever you do, do not take the mark of the beast. It will be, and let me explain what torment is. So if you can imagine the pain when you like burn your finger, try to imagine that pain all over your body. Try to imagine that pain is constant for all eternity. You can't pass out. You can't die. You can't stop that pain. And it is ongoing for all eternity. That's what is called perdition. That is what we're talking about. So whatever happens, you do not take that mark of the beast. Lose your head, whatever they got to do to you, but you do not take that mark of the beast. So let me back up. The beast was taken. Matter of fact, let me back up another. And I saw the beast in the king, verse 19. I saw the beast of the kings of the earth. And their armies gathered against to make his army gathered to make war against him that sat on the horse and his army. And the beast was taken and with him the false prophet which wrought miracle which wrought miracles before them, with which he deceived them, had received the mark of the beast, and then had worshipped his image. These both were cast alive in the lake, burning with fire and brimstone, and the remnant. This is all the flesh. Now who's the remnant? Well, would that be the fallen ones? They're there. Yep. Would that be the Nephilim? Yeah. Would that be the Chimeras? Would that be all of the hybrids? Would that be all of the, all of the, all of the, all of that, uh, everything that Lucifer was able to create? Yeah. Everything. Only the beast and the false prophet are taken out. That's the only ones. What happens to the rest of them? Here it is. And the remnant were slain by the sword of him that sat on the horse which sword proceeded out of his mouth and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. So what does that have? That means what happens to all the fallen ones? They're taken. They're burned. That's the way I read it. They're burned just like the Nephilim are burned. Like Vladimir Putin is burned. All of the Russians. All of the people that go down to attack Israel, every one of them, they're all burned. The only ones that make it out of that battle are the beast and the false prophet. And they really wish that they could have died in the battle. I wish they could have had soul death, but they didn't get soul death. Now, let me jump to the next one. Let's see. Let's jump to Psalm. How are we doing on our time? Oh man, we're about done. Okay. Psalm 18, 6. I cried unto the Lord, 
And I cried to my God, and he heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him even into his ears. The earth shook and trembled. The foundations also of the hills moved and were shaken because of his wrath. So we're talking about the same thing, day of the Lord here. There went up a smoke out of his nostrils and fire out of his mouth devoured. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens. What's that? That's when the heavens rolled back like a scroll. Also, and came down in darkness was under his feet. Same thing the other scripture said. And he rode upon a cherub and did fly. Yea, he did fly upon the wings of the wind. What's the cherub? That's the white horse Jesus is on. He made darkness his secret place. His pavilion round about him were dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. And the brightness that was before him, his thick clouds passed hailstones and coals of fire. And the Lord thundered in the heavens and the highest gave his voice. There's that voice again, 1 Thessalonians 4.16. Hailstones and coals of fire. Yea, he sent out his arrows, the morning star. Remember from, uh, I've got it here, I've got it here. Let me see if I can find it here. Hang on. Ah, for his lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even over the west, so also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. That's what he's talking about. In other words, it's a light sword is what it is. Uh, verse 13, and the Lord thundered in the heavens and the highest gave his voice hailstones and coals of fire. Yea, he sent out arrows. Okay, that's the morning star. And scattered them, and he shot out lightnings and discomfited them. Then the channels of waters were seen, and the fountains of the world were discovered at thy rebuke. O Lord, at the breath, breath, breath of thy nostrils. Okay, let's jump to another one now. Let's see. Yep. Psalm 97, the Lord reigneth. Okay, when's the Lord reign? Well, he reigns when he returns as King of kings and Lord of lords. But he is made King of kings and Lord of lords four months earlier at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Then he comes forth and serves us for four months. Then he comes as the righteous judge. The Lord reigneth. Let the earth rejoice. Let the multitude of isles be glad thereof. Clouds and darkness are round about him. Righteousness and judgment are the habitation of his throne. A fire goeth before him and burneth up its enemies round about. His lightnings enlighten the world. Now, I want you to look at that. His lightnings enlighten the world. What does that mean? I don't think that's just talking about the morning star burning up the tares. I think that when his light, his morning star, hits the earth, it goes to the center of the earth, sets the foundations, the mountains on fire, the hills melt like wax at the presence of the Lord, the presence of the Lord, the whole earth. The hills melt like water running down the steep place. The channels of the earth, as we just read, are, are seen. The channels of the waters, the channels of the sea are seen. In other words, when that morning star hits the earth, the sun at that time has been out by 72 hours, and it never relaxes again. At that point, Jesus literally becomes the light of the world. And in him, there is no darkness. That means that his light goes through everything. You won't be able to find darkness any place on the globe. You can do your hands like this, but there's not darkness inside because his light permeates everything. There is no darkness. There is no more night ever, 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 ever again. There's 24 hours course, there's not 24 hours a day because there's no day and night. Everything is always glowing from his glory. His lightnings enlightened the world. Look at that again. That's really, really big. 
his lightnings enlightened the world. The earth saw and trembled. The hills met like wax at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. And the heavens declare his righteousness, and all the people see his what? Glow. All the earth glows. It glows from his glory. All right, let's see if I've got another one here. Yeah, 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 let's go to this. And the Lord shall be seen over them. And his arrow shall go forth as the lightning. And the Lord God shall blow the trumpet and shall go with whirlwinds of the south. The Lord of hosts shall defend them. And they shall devour and subdue with sling stones. And they shall drink and make a noise through the wine. And they shall be filled like bowls as the corners of the altar. And the Lord their God shall save them in that day as the flock of his people. Uh, Let's see. Is there another one I have here? I'm going to close with this one. Before I tell you what this is meaning, take a second and read it and see if you can figure it out. And answer your question, yes, there is a P.O. Box to donate. It's P.O. Box 750-234, Topeka, Kansas, Six 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 seven five. Boy, it's been years since I've given that. Say it again. Peel box seven five zero two three four, Topeka, Kansas six 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 seven five. But even easier, I think. Probably go if you can't donate online. Yeah, yeah. Do, do PO box. PO box seven five zero two three four, Topeka, Kansas six 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 seven five. Okay. So now, what is that word? that scripture mean so this is a prophecy Nahum looking into the future and he sees our busy freeways and the chariots shall rage in the streets and they shall jostle one against another in the broad ways and they shall seem like torches and they shall they shall run like lightnings it's kind of like a modern car isn't it kind of interesting Okay. All right, let me... Sean, is there another question out there? Let me see. I'm, I'm going to flip through and see if I can see any questions here. I'm looking for a cue. Thank you for your ministry. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for your prayers. Which, by the way, I guess I should probably say... Uh, Summertime is a really slow time, at least for our ministry, maybe not other ministries. Our ministry is really slow time. So if you could help, now would be a really, really good time. Not only that, but <laughs> I, I got a birthday coming up and I got a wife that wants to make it something special. And she keeps saying, don't look at the credit cards. But I caught a couple of the credit card balances today because the uh, bookkeeper called me and she says, are you aware of this? No, I'm not aware of that. So there's there's been some extra expenses for my birthday party. And so if you are inclined to help me there, that would be very, very nice. We're asking everybody, according to the dream given to Jason Meeks, that everybody, 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 everybody become a member of Prophecy Club. And you do that 
by going to prophecyclub.com and click on become a member. Um, I, maybe there's some place here that you can click. I know by the time this is posted, it'll have a QR code at the bottom where you can join. But anyway, we, we ask you to, to, on an automatic monthly gift, do $9.90 a month. That's not much. $9.90 a month. But when we get everybody doing that, that's enough to pull us through some hard times, which apparently are about to arrive, according to Jason and some other people. So, yes, if you could help us, God has blessed you, and you could help us, now would be a really good time. Hi from Sweden. Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. I missed the part in Dad's birthday. What day is it? August 24th. August 24th, 1953. August 24th. Hey, you know what? It's better than not. thing about getting old is it's better than not. It's better than not getting old, right? Okay. What do you think about the revivals popping up everywhere? Well... Tara, I, I hope they're real. I mean, I, I do not believe that they are the end-time revivals that we've been promised yet. I think that I'm, I'm not aware of a bunch of revivals popping up, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear revivals are popping up. I'm happy to hear that. I, I want to see everybody get saved. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. Watching from Michigan. Okay. California. Well, did you like the teaching tonight? I mean, this is, you know, this is pretty deep stuff tonight. Pretty deep stuff. Did you like the teaching? If you did, then please send it out to other people. Um, and join Prophecy Club, $9.90 a month. Most people can afford that. But, you know, let me let me just say, I, I pray that God shows you the joy of giving. There's a joy of giving, and it is so good to, when God speaks to you here to give, and you give, I like to give where there's tears. I like to give where somebody's really in trouble, and I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I mean, I give a lot of places, but... Um, Matter of fact, that's the reason I know that when I ask people to give, it comes in because I give. When, when God tells me to give, Leslie and I give. We, we're, we're big givers. As a matter of fact, Leslie, uh, Leslie says I'm one of the biggest givers she's ever seen. So I, I I pray. Matter of fact, I'll pray that. I'll pray that for a prayer for you tonight. I pray, I pray in Jesus' name that you would discover 
the joy of giving. That God would open your eyes, open your heart, and let you see and discover the joy of giving. In Jesus' name. It's one of the best things. Some of the things when I fall to my knees from my prayer closet every night and I start with thank you almost every night. Some of the things I thank you before is thank you for laying on my heart and helping me to memorize the book of Revelation. It's one of my greatest gifts that he's given me. Thank you for showing me people to give to. Thank you for my friends. Thank you for Spirit of Prophecy Church, for Prophecy Club, Prophetic Oil, for Joseph Kitchen. Thank you for all of our friends out there. I mean, thank you. Just thank you. Um, if I, if I, I'll probably start blubbering at my birthday because uh, I will be just so amazed that anybody would come to my birthday party, especially those people that get on a plane. And I'm hearing that there are some people that'll get on a plane. Some people will drive many hours to come to our birthday party, which, by the way, if you want to come, RSVP Leslie. How do you get a hold of Leslie? Well, um, I dare I give out her email. I'll send you to traintheprofits.com. You can also look up Train the Prophets on YouTube. And then if you find her that way, then you find her the good way without getting me in trouble. Because I haven't asked her if I can give her email out to you. So, uh, so, yeah, Sean, I see him putting up there ways that people can give. Giving is, when, when we give, when we give, God returns it, but not just one for one, many times back. As a matter of fact, when I'm in a financial difficulty, I start wondering if my giving is lacking. Of course, Prophecy Club every summer, it's always, it's always a struggle. But I will say that this has been one of the best summers we've had. Uh, but it's still summertime. <laughs> so anyway, just uh, God bless you guys. I, I wish we could have these Bible studies face to face. I wish we could have, you know, I guess that there's somewhere between 1,500 and 2,000 people watch the program, watch the Bible study each week. I'd, I'd love it if we all lived in the same city and we could all get together and fellowship and hug each other and have potluck dinners and love on each other and take care of each other and have Bible studies. And uh, that's, that's my heart. I wish, wish we could do that. And we'll be able to do that in eternity. And apparently it's not too far off. So. Thank you. I see, I see, I see your comments out there. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, I see someone said something about Trump's new campaign slogan. No, I hadn't heard about Unify and Win. <clears throat> In closing, if you've stayed this with me this this long, I'll say that I think sometimes, sometimes I think the internal revolution is really close. 
And then as I look at some of the other prophecies, can't be. We're just not there yet. So I don't know. I wish God tell me. I keep asking. For some reason, he sees fit just not to tell me. I wish I wish he would. I need a phone to the throne. As a matter of fact, let me tell you a joke. This was told to us by our Israeli guide when we were in Israel. He said, uh, one time a, an Israeli rabbi visited the Pope. And he said, as they were in the big, large room there, talking and eating, he said he looked over and he saw a red phone over in the corner. And the rabbi, rabbi says to the Pope, so what's the phone over in the corner? He said, oh, that's, uh, that's the phone to the throne. Really? Yeah. He said, it's $500 a minute, but you can go ahead, you know, we'll cover you. Go ahead and, and make a call. So sure enough, the rabbi walks over the corner, picks up the red phone, and starts talking to God. Thank you very much. Hung up. And about a year later, the Pope visited Jerusalem and visited the, the rabbi. Big room. Pope looks over, and he sees a phone in the corner. He says, oh, I see you got one of those phones to the throne. And he said, yeah. He said, but you're welcome to use it and talk on it all you want here because here it's free. It's a local call. I thought that was funny. Matter of fact, here's another joke. He, uh, The same guide told us. He said, one day there was a camel and a scorpion on one side of a river. And he said, the scorpion looked up at the camel and said, hey, uh, the river's deep and it's moving pretty fast. Can I hit your ride? And the camel said, no, because I know what you'll do halfway across. You'll sting me. He said, now, why would I do that? He said, because if I sting you and kill you, then we both die. Yeah, okay. So the camel says, all right, hop on. Halfway across, sure enough, the scorpion stung him. The camel looked back and says, why did you do that? Now we're both going to die. And the scorpion said, it's the Middle East. It's time to go. God bless all of you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, oh, there's no Bible study next week. My wife just told me we're getting ready for the party. No Bible study next week. No Bible study next week. Okay, no Bible study next week. Hope you enjoy the Bible study.